0: Ron Van Dam is as American as apple pie. Salty, tart, really quite bitter apple pie. But you know, even the worst pie? Come on, it's still pie. You're listening to the downright delicious Ron Van Dam Show on New England Broadcasting. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. It's the Ron Van Dam Show. I'm downright delicious. Hold on tight. Things can get a bit weird, if you like that sort of thing. That's the greatest compliment that I get. Uh, people walk up to me and say, you know, Ron, you're downright delicious. And I say, thank you very much. That sounds wrong. You have stumbled upon the Ron Van Dam Show. It's not your fault. It just got in the way. All right. All right. (laughs) Whatever. And they fade out the music because that's enough of it. How are you? This is the Friday edition of the program, which means it's the weekend edition of the program. This should last you. For the entire weekend, uh, if you need a dose of me, which is really a strange way of putting it, uh, here it is. Here it is. And I'll be back on Monday, but in the meantime, there's this show today. I have an interesting guest coming up a little bit later in the program. She's an author. She's written a book that, mm, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's something, but it's not something. And, and that's all I can tell you at this point. But she's fascinating, and she'll be joining us later on. In the meantime, it's just you and me. Uh, ugh. Ugh. Right? Ugh. I don't know where to start, and I don't know where to end, to be honest with you today. I, I just I just don't know. Monday is President's Day. Now, look. I have spent so much money on presidents around Christmas time, getting presidents for the kids and for the... What? Oh, presidents. Oh, I, I thought it was Presidents Day. Oh, I got that so wrong. It's Presidents Day. This is a very strange holiday. I think it was originally Washington's birthday or Lincoln's birthday. I don't know. I wasn't around. I know I'm kind of old, but I wasn't around during their presidencies. Presidencies, the plural of presidents. The presidency, presidency, presidencies. <laughs> this is stupid, isn't it? I don't really celebrate Washington's birthday because I don't give a shit. I, I, I don't care when his, I don't care when my birthday is, <clears> or <throat> much less uh, uh, Washington's birthday. I'm sure he was born on at some point, point. and Lincoln too. Lincoln. I think it's true that Lincoln was born in a log cabin. Is this like a badge or something? I mean, I would be embarrassed. Ron, where were you born? I was born in a log cabin. Ooh, that is so sad. We were doing hospitals, but you were born in a, in a drafty log cabin. Ew, that explains a lot. No, that's, you don't walk around doing that. Hey, guess what? My name's uh, Abraham Lincoln. Guess where I was born? You don't play those games with people that's not good it's not good. Abraham Lincoln was but well, hey guess what I, I, I gave birth to Abraham Lincoln last night in my log cabin. You should name a syrup after that that sounds intriguing. George Washington I don't know where he was born I, I, I don't really care to be honest with you. The only thing I know about the only thing I know about George Washington is where he lived. Uh, In some kind of place All these people had slaves pretty much I don't know about Lincoln But I think Washington did I mean it's just like You know Let's not You want to go back in history Maybe you shouldn't You know Because it's marred And it's scarred And it's nothing to be proud of Okay Uh, Washington All I know is this cherry tree crap I really don't See that was the extent of my history class uh, In in school That was the only part I picked up Because I like cherries And I guess it was a cherry tree on the Washington property. You know who moved in down the street? Know who? The Washingtons. Oh, no. Let's move. They are so obnoxious, and all they do is grow trees, cherry trees. So apparently George Washington was out one day walking around with his axe. I don't know, his axe, not his ex, his axe. He's walking around with it. And uh, he sees the cherry tree, and uh, he chops it down. You know, if you're going to be that rambunctious and destructive of property and uncaring about beautiful nature uh, symbols like trees, I don't want you to be president. Who, who got you in there as president? It sounds like you're a rambunctious little kid walking around chopping trees down. And then when Washington's father better known as Mr. Washington. Uh, Mr., Mr. Hey, Mr. Washington, can I shovel your driveway? No, we have a plow. We got the horse and plow doing it. We don't need your, your little shovels. George, come here. I want to talk to you for a second. What is it, Daddy? Did you chop down that cherry tree? Um, if I did, what will you do to me? I will slap the crap out of you. Hmm. And George had to make a decision at that point. Does George tell the truth and get the you-know-what slapped out of him? Or does George lie like a real politician so he could be president someday? Well, what George did was admirable, stupid but admirable, he could have lied and gotten out of it and become president, but no. Oh, wait a minute. He became president anyway. Oh, okay. It's a win-win. But George said to his father, Father, I cannot tell a lie, even though we're not in court at this particular time. I did have sex with that girl. And uh, George's father said, No, 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 not that, not that. I'm talking about the tree. Oh, oh, the tree, Oh. Oh, I misunderstood. Uh, Yes, I did chop the tree down. Father, I cannot tell a lie. Uh, Even though you're going to hit me, I don't care. I did chop down the tree. And George's father actually said, you know, son, I was going to beat the crap out of you because it's an opportunity. But, you know, you're so honest to me and you didn't lie to me because I know you chopped down the tree because we have video. Uh, You didn't lie to me, so I'm not going to hit you at all, Um, but you cannot chop any trees down for two months. Oh, come on, Dad. Come on. You're taking the fun out of my axing. Uh, um, Son, I don't care. You're being punished. And by the way, it's not axing. It's asking. Oh, no, Dad, I wasn't talking about asking. I was talking about the the tree thing with the axe. Oh, 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 I misunderstood now. It's funny. I misunderstood about the uh, pronunciation of axe, and you misunderstood thinking I was accusing you of having sex with that girl. So, okay, now we're even. And that's what I learned in history class. So that's all I know about George Washington. Uh, either they wore wigs or they had horrible, horrible barbers. I don't know which. I think George, uh, George lived in Monticello, which is a place. And then there's this Delaware thing. Oh, God. It's the only other thing I know about George Washington to any great extent. This Delaware thing. When uh, he crossed the Delaware in a boat, standing up, and everybody in the boat said, George, sit down, you're going to tip the boat over, tip a canoe, and this boat too. And George said, no, I'm standing up, and I'm going to do my little Napoleon thing, you know, because there's a guy on the shore taking portraits of us as we cross the Delaware here, and I want to look good. That's what George did. And that's all I know about him. It's all I care to know. Other than the fact that in every damn town in this country, there's a street named after him. There's a Washington Street in just about every town. Is there a Lincoln Street? Not a lot of them. There are, but not a lot. Washington Street and Main Street, hands down, use the most. Maple and Oak get in there a little bit because we like to name uh, trees, uh, you know, streets after trees. Because, you know, makes sense, right? No. That's all I know. Lincoln uh, freed the slaves to some extent. I think he could have done a little bit better and more expeditiously, but still. I mean, you can't give him all the credit, but, you know, he was president and, it, you know, I'm going to give him credit for that. That's all I know. That's all I know. Yeah, you know, with slavery in our past, and our history, I, you know, there's you really don't stand up with too much pride because you acted like a bunch of wrong people, so stop it. So, you know, history is like, uh, oh, everything, you know, in history, everything I learned in school in history turned out to be not exactly the case. <laughs> uh, this Plymouth Rock thing. It's not Columbus Day, but I got to bring this up. I live in Massachusetts. There's a Plymouth Rock. Um, uh, Columbus uh, never saw that rock, uh, never landed there. What, what the hell are you teaching us? I, seriously, seriously. Uh, A lot of it is just so wrong. Even our religious figures, there's great belief that uh, Jesus had nothing to do really with Christmas as far as his birth is concerned. That took place like a lot later on. But we, we, you know, well, I don't want to screw up the tradition, so let's just leave it alone, okay? we got a lot of things riding on this, so come on, let's leave it alone. But a lot of the stuff was not right. I don't know how you can verify that, really. That was a long time ago. I don't know how we verify anything anymore because now, uh, as soon as uh, this uh, Trump guy came came along in our lifetime, he started lying about everything and took the position that if I lie, then you'll probably believe me. And uh, it worked out for him. So now, uh, and then with this uh, fake news and all this, uh, I mean, nobody knows what's real and what isn't. Now what's real is perception. It's the perception. It's not the facts anymore. So now we're all screwed up. And then you got this internet thing. Oh, remember that? Oh, it's still around? Oh, okay. This internet thing. Um, so you can uh, look things up and is it accurate? <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I mean, I have to take a poll here and see how many sites say that and how many sites say this. I'm about the same thing. It's very, very confusing. And I i don't know if that's the theme of this show or because I'm just getting older. By the way, um, don't kid yourself. We're all getting older. So stop, st- stop demeaning older-aged people. They've been through a lot more than you have. They know a lot more than you do. They did a lot more than you did. So stop it. And you're all getting older. Every day you're older. I don't want to bring you the bad news, but let's stop doing that. Let's start cherishing and not uh, maligning, all right? Enough about that subject. But as I do get older, I start realizing that uh, it's the theme of this show. I mean, we're, we're screwing things up. I mean, things were just fine, fine before, and now you're making them like screwed up, so I don't understand you. Uh, seems like I do this topic on every show, you know, just uh, how things were simpler and better and... Uh, when you get older, you, I mean, if you're, gonna be, uh, if you're 50 years old, you're going to say that about your 20s. If you're 40 years old, you're going to say that about your teen years. I mean, it's just that we all do it. Things were better. And why are we walking around going, things were better back then? Why, why are we doing that? What, is, what kind of clue do you get from that? Maybe things were better back then because they were simpler. Simple is not so bad. Complicated, not so good. Uh, I had my physical yesterday at uh, my doctor's office. This is where you usually have these things. And I'll tell you about that some other day. It's none of your business, actually, because of the HIPAA thing. Yeah, I have a little pain in my HIPAA. Uh, so, uh, yeah, my doctor says, uh, you know, if you want to contact us or anything like that or get any kind of information, you can go to our medical portal. And I said, what do you, wait, wait wait, you want a boat or something? What do you mean, a, a porthole? No, she says, the medical portal. I said, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Um, I, I don't. Why can't I just call you and ask you a question? What, what, what's this portal shit? And they said, yeah, it's, you, you log on. What am I logging here? What am I logging? Log on, get the password. Uh, it has to be verified every time you go in there because it's a secure uh, uh, site. And then you can ask frequently asked questions, uh, which are questions that people frequently ask but have nothing to do with you whatsoever. I said, oh my God, I don't want a portal. I want to call somebody up. Stop with the portal. I don't, I, I, why are you making me sit down in front of a screen to, to, to do everything? Stop it, stop it. Human interaction, ladies and gentlemen. And then the AI comes along. I know I talk about this all the time. AI comes along to make sure you can't speak to another human because you're bothering them. Stop bothering other humans. Stop bothering them. Hey, stop bothering me. I want a human. If I need a quick answer, I don't. I don't need. I don't need machines to to do this for me. Ron, machines are so. that's it's what no, No, it's not. No, no, it's not. It's worse. It's it's worse. Don't give me that. All right. I've spewed enough venom here, haven't I? For one day. Oh, by the way, Happy President's Day. I celebrate the birthday of many presidents, and I and I condone the birthdays. Of many others. I do not condone. I do condone. I do not condone. <clears throat> there are some presidents whose birthdays I don't give a crap about, and this is President's Week coming up. That's nice you have a week. I think you've all had your weeks. I think you've all had your years. You've all had your time. I think the last people that I ever want to really celebrate their birthdays would be the presidents. We'll leave it to my family. I'll celebrate theirs, maybe mine if I care to. But the president's, no. No. You celebrate your own birthday. Get your own cake. What the hell am I celebrating? The existence of many of them didn't work out for many of them, so no. I'm not getting all of them a cake. (laughs) Except Jimmy Carter. He's cool. Other than that, not so much. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I am uh, going to go to my guest at this time. Fascinating book that this, this is about. You know, I think you'll find it fascinating as well. A little bit different. A little bit different. But first, we do say every single time that we have to take a commercial break. Oh, uh, how about this? You were
1: injured in an auto accident on the job. Do you want to make sure that you get the best possible settlement when you go to court? Then you need to call me, Attorney Jack Barnes, from the Law Offices of Bands & Bands. For over 10 years, I've been getting my clients the best possible settlements, and often more than they actually deserve, based solely on the sound of my voice. Judges and juries want to get me out of the courtroom as fast as possible. That's why they're ready to settle when they're dealing with Jack Barnes from the Law Offices of Barnes & Barnes. Call today for a free consultation. 1-800-257-2525. That's 1-800-257-2525. Call today. You can't lose with Jack Barnes.
0: Author Anne B. Parson joins us now, and she's written a historical novel which is uh, an oxymoron. I don't know. We'll find out about that. It's called the Birds of Dog, and it kind of reads like a uh, a documentary, historical science book, but it's it's not. And thanks for being with us today.
1: My pleasure. Thank you. Uh,
0: the Birds of Dog uh, set in a in a situation that most would consider to be somewhat of a documentary nature uh, situation, but uh, it's not, is it?
1: Uh no, it is a historical fiction, but it is about a story about the early sciences and mm-hmm. how they really started up in this country, and it's very um sort of from the vantage point of Boston, Massachusetts.
0: Yeah. Now, what inspired you to write uh, the Birds of Dog? Anything in your background that threw you in this direction?
1: Yeah, um, you know, I'm a science journalist, have been for a long time, mm-hmm. and um, I go back, I love the history of science, so um, I've often gone back in the past and, and, and found, you know, stories that have helped other books, but I began accumulating a lot of stories about 10 years ago, ran into a family called the Pickerings. Uh, rooted in Salem, but also Boston, and um, they had like four early scientists in their family, and uh, their stories are quite amazing.
0: Hmm. So they inspired you to uh, to tell a similar story, but in a fictional sense.
1: Yeah, um, one of them was Charles Pickering, mm-hmm. and um, he was actually the country is one of the country's foremost naturalists. He mm-hmm. was born in eighteen oh five. And um, in 1838, he was chosen to be the lead zoologist to go out on a big um, discovery voyage to the southern ocean. Mm -hmm. And um, so I decided I was going to plant a cousin of his fictitious (laughs) at the Natural History Museum in Boston and have her correspond with him and tell him what was going on. So I have this back and forth in the book.
0: Sounds kind of sounds like fun for you.
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah,
0: I really fun. Yeah, um, y- your your background is in science. Matter of fact, uh, quite a few journals and and works uh, involved, and uh, in, well, in medicine, science. Uh, uh, how many books or publications were you involved in?
1: Um, I I've written. Um, at this point, this is my ninth
0: wow. first
1: fiction. Wow. But um, I wrote uh a a commercial book, The Proteus Effect Stem Cells and Their Promise mm-hmm. for Medicine. And um, I also wrote a book on Alzheimer's Decoding Darkness, The Search for the Genetic Causes of Alzheimer's with Rudy Tanzi. That mm-hmm. was a co author. Mm-hmm. He's a Harvard neuroscientist. Mm-hmm. And and a couple of others. So I kind of like a lot of science writers, I'm I'm apt to be all over the map sub- subject wise.
0: Yeah. Well, they do have a category called science fiction, and I guess uh, <laughs> in, in a way, I guess that's what this is. Why? Why? No, no, it's not. Well, it's not. It is science fiction, or it's not. <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> don't confuse me.
0: Are you confusing me? Uh, let's talk about the title, "The Birds of Dog." How does that fit in?
1: Well, um, the voyage. I mentioned that Charles Pickering went out on. Uh, it was a four-year voyage, mm-hmm. and uh, they went out to collect specimens and study um, commercial commerce routes and stuff like that, just mm-hmm. in the Southern Pacific. And they uh, there's a whole chain of islands called, believe it or not, the Disappointments.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, I think I've been there. <laughs> <you> know,
1: <laughs> and there's one little island called Dog Island. Mm-hmm. So I I might have called the The Ah. book, The Birds of Dog Island. But on this island, this island had never seen a gun, i.e. nobody with a gun had stepped on it. And Mm -hmm. all the animals were very tame. Ah. And Ah, uh, my whole book is about technology versus nature, mostly anti-gun, you know. Good.
0: Good. Yeah. Good for you.
1: So that's why it's called The Birds of Dog. I didn't want to add island. I thought it was more intriguing without it. Yeah. And also, dog spelled backwards is God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, gotcha. you get it?
0: I get it. I get it. Uh, you have some guest stars in the book, in a sense. Yeah. Uh, some, some very powerful uh, and well-known <laughs> historical figures actually uh, walk into this world. Uh, and yeah. That that, that, that that was fun to read.
1: It was fun to conjure up those scenes. Yeah. Um, and I made sure to keep it at uh, the correct time. So Charles <clears throat> Dickens um, was in town a lot, mm-hmm. not a lot, maybe three times. Mm-hmm. And he was also very interested in natural history. Um, a friend of his back in England was uh, one of the first female paleontologists in discovering these all these old bones on the southern coast of England. So... What I'm getting at, he well could have stopped by the Boston mm-hmm. Society of Natural History and had the conversation, I have him have. Um, I found a true item about him, him in, in the newspaper way back that he got inebriated one night. He was staying at the Tremont Hotel, and they had to wrap a scarf around his head. Mm. So the media back then wouldn't see it was him when he came home because he was so drunk.
0: (laughs) Wow, Wow! interesting. (laughs) That's interesting. Uh, Anyway. And then you have uh, John Wilkes Booth uh, showing up as well.
1: Um, No, it's it's his father.
0: Oh, his father. Oh, okay.
1: Junius, who was uh, probably the world's most famous actor uh, back in those days, early 1800s, came to Boston quite a bit and um he was just um he loved birds again my my book is very uh, contains a lot of stories about birds and damaged birds with guns and you know there's a story about him i have in the book where he uh was uh, saw a lot of pigeons killed out west and tried to get a real burial person like Burial for them. He was very involved with birds. Believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: this is also a love story of sorts. I understand.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, I another figure I bring into the book is um, James Cutting, a, a, a real person, and um, I have him and my fictitious protagonist Catherine Pickering fall for each other. Um, his story is kind of amazing. He was an inventor, and he ended up um, establishing the world's first standalone aquarium in Boston on Bromfield Street. And the inventions that uh, helped him do that are pretty remarkable. Um, so I fell in love with him myself. He was he was an incredible guy.
0: Mm. And, uh, and then I understand that uh, also uh, stopping by, so to speak, uh, would be another uh, fairly famous and well-known name, at least, uh, James Audubon.
1: Yes. Yep. He, he's in my book quite frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, he stopped, uh, came and stayed with his family in Boston uh, quite a bit. And um, his whole approach to birds... Um, unfortunately, was to shoot them. Um, So bring them down and paint them. And uh, in those days, you know, there were no field binoculars available or anything like that that could help people really see birds clearly. So people shot them left and right. Uh There's probably not a day went by, and this is to quote Audubon, that he didn't shoot about 100 birds. And um, I... I very much wrap him into the story. He uh-huh. eventually changed. He eventually began to realize that, you know, uh, that 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 nature wasn't there wasn't an endless stream of it.
0: Yeah. Wow. Uh,
1: he was a uh, he was an interesting guy for sure.
0: Yeah, interesting that they named a society after him for the preservation. When at the same time he was. Yeah, them,
1: yeah i I tell the story uh my last chapter is about the beginning of the Audubon society yep. which uh began in Boston was started by this uh, wealthy Bostonian by the name of Harriet Hemingway and um how she got she and her cousin got very tired of and 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 devastated to see so many birds being killed and and parts of birds being worn on hats Ugh wow yeah
0: all right well this book is uh has got everything may i say Anne? it's uh it's got uh historical (laughs) figures that 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 actually play parts in in their own uh their own way and their own characters uh it's 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 somewhat of a love story it's there's science involved there's fiction involved there are interesting locations and loves of birds and nature it's uh it's a lot rolled into one. Let me ask you, which I always ask authors that I'm impressed with, what are you working on next? Are you staying in the fiction realm?
1: You know, I, I doubt it. Um, I, I'm i not really sure. I've got a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also, you know, I run something called the um, New Bedford Science Cafe. Uh-huh. Um, it only meets monthly, but that's very much something I deal with almost on a daily basis. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I'm thinking. Um, I'm taking a break and thinking. Good.
0: Excellent. And talking
1: to nice people like you. <laughs> very nice.
0: Very, very nice. Well, I enjoyed talking to you as well. The book is called The Birds of Dog. Uh, I think most people will find it fascinating and quite a bit different, which is uh, always fun. As much yeah. fun as it was for you, it would be even more fun for the readers. Is uh, In this day and age of social media stuff and websites, uh um, do you do you have some way that people can follow you in in your workings? Yes, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's just Ann Parson, A N N P Parson. dot com is my website. Okay, and they can see my other books and what I'm up to there. Um, I have a, a lot of talks coming up about this book.
0: Great, sounds fascinating. And again, it's A N N B initial B and then Parson P A R S O N, all one word. And that's how I'm um, sorry. The,
1: the website is just annparson.com. Oh, you didn't put the B in? No.
0: Nope. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling if they Google it with the B, though, they'll still find you. <laughs> I have a feeling that's
1: true. <laughs> okay.
0: All right. It's been fun speaking to you, Ann, and and uh, continued success to you. And thank you so much. Thank you. Well, that'll do it for me today. Thank you to my guest, and thank you to you for your indulgence. You have been indulging me. I'll be back again on Monday, I do believe, with a brand new program, another episode of this stuff. But until that time arrives, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I wish you peace.